Hi, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? Looking out the window right now. Got a little bit of snow going here. Snow going. Yep. A little, little bit of snow going. Snow stopped here, but we've had like ice for an entire 24 hours straight, so it's quite yeah. slick. I, I stepped outside to let the dog out, and I stepped on a wooden uh, sort of like Nordic style mat. It's just like wood slats, really minimalist. And, you know, it's usually pretty comfortable for my feet. And I was barefoot, so I was like, you know, if it's slippery, I probably got some good grip with my my skin is like slip <laughs> it's like i had to catch myself <laughs> mid-fall is uh just solid ice everywhere on everything it looks pretty though it's nice it's kind of locking in you know what that's the that's the big benefit i'm just not realizing to, to ice after it snows it locks in that snowed look for long it does it locks in the look locks mm-hmm. in the look nessa just uh she's driving back now from being downtown she just photographed a snowy engagement session uh, along the harbor so they actually did get snow falling as it was coming down but the you know ground was treacherous icy ice right that's awesome that's that's the ideal that's the dream you've been following this uh shit show in texas (laughs) i have been following the shit show in texas yes you know it's crazy it's i i'm not just that situation but life in general there is endless endless situations unfolding it's crazy I just, I'm starting to, I think I'm starting to get uh, to a breaking point, Nathan. I'm starting to reach a, a Oh boy. Point. All right. Here, listen, I'm, I'm here, Sam. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Let's hear it all. Every day okay. is just kind of looking the same, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to unplug. Last night I, uh, I sat down, Nessa stayed downtown last night. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to freaking lo- watch Lord of the Rings. So I sat down yes. with a big old bucket of popcorn. Yes. Yeah. Asleep, watching Lord of the Rings. And I woke up this morning. I was like, I'm going to keep watching Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Like, yeah dude I can't, i've been i can't handle the this anymore yeah i've been feeling that too i have been yeah the last three three nights i've been like at the end of of each day i've been like screw this i'm watching a movie every single night <laughs> yeah. i have just been like i can't do this um the first night i watched judas and the black messiah amazing movie my god huh. must see I'll, uh, I, um, i've never heard of it judas and the black messiah yeah, it just just came out. It's it's the equivalent of a theatrical release on release on HBO. HBO. Okay, cool. Um, I watched uh, Real Steel finally for the first time, which is great, fun movie, kind of like Rocky with robots. And uh, and then last night I watched Ratatouille for the first time. Oh my gosh, dude! And I, it that's was one of my highest replay movies ever. Like I I must Ugh. have seen it twenty thirty times at this point. Really, I, it's just the kind of movie. The story, everything is so Ugh, good. It's the, so the replay value is up there with like Back to the Future, like those classics. Mm-hmm. It's such. I'm glad you liked it, and and oh, it gets it. you in the mood to like freaking analyze your food and make a nice meal and or go out yes. for a nice meal. Like it's such a great movie. Uh, yeah dude i mean and it was also really nice because i I only went i went to paris for the first well the only time um november of last year right before coronavirus hit france actually right and uh and after see oh my god just see watching ratatouille just made me want to go back to france so bad yeah really and like (laughs) i just i miss traveling (laughs) the 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 design of that kitchen that's one of the reasons Mm. and i love uh this fancy fine dining restaurant in baltimore it's got Mm -hmm. the view of the kitchen from the dining area that's great which is very unusual for like fine dining normally there's sort of like two Mm -hmm. separate worlds like you're not supposed to see the inner workings of the the kitchen but they uh i guess it's an interesting story when we first went there it was like the day after 
the uh, chef, Chef Wolf, uh, decided, you know what? Take the curtains down. Let the customers see. And uh, and it's awesome. You see the professionalism, like the, the tight ship that's being run in a fine dining yeah. kitchen. I don't know why. The, I guess maybe the noise is, is the reason why, like, traditionally in fine dining, you would have, like, the kitchen totally separate from everything else. Yeah, but, that makes sense. But uh, I but, love I love having a view. It, yeah. it is very like Ratatouille style kitchen that they've got in the in Charles' yeah. particular restaurant. I love it. Yeah, I I went to a place called the Girl and the Goat, which is a amazing restaurant in back when I was in Chicago many years ago, and uh, they also had just like a view of the the like kitchen line of just everybody like building the food. Now, granted, this is a when I was when I was there now the kitchen was also very quiet they were just like doing all the things and they were they were knocking everything out okay a girl and the goat was started by I think like an iron chef either winner or runner-up or something like that this famous chef now and she had this like vision for like amazing food but smaller portions anyway the whole point is i while i was watching them kind of like make the food i was just realizing that they were trying to to remove that barrier between like your food and the creative process like they want you to see how they're making these like crazy things that are being you know about to be put on your table and i kind of think that and after watching ratatouille i I I really kind of locked into this idea that Ratatouille was trying to say, which was like like anyone one taste on its own for anyone can cook. <laughs> one one taste on its own is it can be beautiful, and you can see all these colors. And then um, uh, another taste on its own, something else can can kind of like make you think of all kinds of different colors as well. But when you combine these two tastes you get something new you get a creation i just have been thinking about that's one of the most genius scenes that i recall from like really any movie is that that moment where he that blacks out behind him which is kind of crazy because it is totally black background and then Mm -hmm. yeah the like playfulness of the music and the swirliness of the flavors coming together it's like Mm -hmm. that is that is what more movies need to get like like better at. It's shocking to me that yes. that scene has such an impact. There, it happens twice, I guess, once with his brother as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Such mm-hmm. a, like a, a, an, a seismic shift in your understanding of something and how it relates to an experience in the world. And it's, it's like, how, why, how does that not happen more in films? It's crazy. But I also think that something else that's interesting about that scene, you brought up his uh, his brother, he like tries to show his brother like this is what happens okay like try this cheese okay then then try this weird fruit and then like try them together and and he's like he's like i i think i'm i think i'm sort of seeing what you're you know what you've got going on here and he doesn't quite get it he 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 kind of gets it but he doesn't totally get it and so what it to me kind of made me feel is like I'm the type of person who gets really excited about things. I mean, you know this. Um, yes. A lot of times I can get really excited about it and try to tell somebody, you know, about how excited I am. And they're like, yeah, I mean, I kind of get it. Um, but really it remains, what I think is amazing about that scene is that in trying to show his brother how much he loves these food combinations and everything, and his brother kind of getting it, but not quite getting it, it remains 
uh, what, what's the main character's name? Roy, right? Oh Fred? no, the the uh, mouse or the the mouse, the, the rat, the rat. Sorry, the rat. The yeah. rat. Rat's name is Remy. Remy, yeah. right? Uh, it remains this sort of individual thing for Remy. It's it's his own. It it, it remains his own thing that he's he is solely excited about which to me is kind of cool because a lot of times i can get really excited about like a particular photo photo idea or something like that and maybe it maybe it resonates with other people maybe it doesn't but i still like remain excited about it and i i think that that scene kind of reinforces the idea that like even if other people aren't 100% getting what you're doing just keep doing it because if it's making you know if it's exciting to you you can you know you can take that to the next level i don't know yeah that's just what i was thinking about that oh totally that's a really good point persevere if you if you feel enlightened even if somebody else doesn't get it like it's worth it's worth yeah uh, pursuing chasing that that feeling down i like yeah it. like and he he sort of let him be like yeah okay you know he's like i i sort of get it and he was like well whatever i'm gonna <laughs> well, just I'm like keep going yeah <laughs> it's such a good movie you know the, such the, a good the movie. writer um I'm going to look this up, but the, the, the main writer director of that movie, Ratat- I cannot spell Ratatouille. Good. Google's got my back. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the same guy who did, I think I'm, I, I'm pretty sure. Dang it. Here. Okay. Give me the Brad Burt. Okay. So Brad he also Burt. did um, the Incredibles and Ooh, he wrote like, the iron giant. He's yeah. He's like the oh. guy that did everything good at Pixar. And what's yeah. really cool about him uh, he's, he actually, I don't remember if this was a documentary or like a, an episode in a series or something, but he was in a, or, or there was a documentary made about him specifically and his start in film and oh, how he used mm-hmm. to just show up like unannounced, uninvited, uh, from what I recall, or like very, like, you're not supposed to be here, kid at like mm-hmm. a super young age to Disney studios and just like shadow and learn from the giants wow. of Disney from, you know, that that 50s and 60s era it's amazing to me that this one guy has been responsible for up wally toy story 3 monsters university like all the good ones brad bird yep. and yep. um and his i don't know he's just somehow able to tap into that uh method of storytelling style of storytelling i think it's more a method than a style yeah it's a method yeah it's insane that really it has that staying power like every mm-hmm. one of his movies, I feel like I can sit down and watch again, which is just so crazy to me that it totally. again is so I, rare in most films because you know, you have so many people that like they know, they know on paper what makes a good story, but it's incredibly rare to actually execute and, and make a film like Ratatouille. Absolutely. I was, I was watching it and I was like, how are they even doing these scenes? And like, now that I've seen that he he was the writer and director of the Iron Giant, I'm like, oh my god, because that is <laughs> one of the great. It's that's one of the greatest animated okay, movies of so all time. I have not seen that movie. <laughs> I need to. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so now we've flipped on each other. Okay, we flipped. <laughs> I would have had that reaction cool, about man. you and Ratatouille. I have not seen the Iron Giant. You know, Greg, our quadrumate, uh, Greg, his sister, um, drew a, a few one. scenes in that movie. Oh really? Yeah, she worked on it in some capacity. I think she's one of the. You know, many illustrators, but uh, the Iron Giant name. is an absolute classic, and it is a it's a just an oh my god, 
God, I, it's an emotional movie, and it's um, it's about a kind of like a relationship between this uh, See, this okay. kid and this gigantic. I have iron an issue whenever robot. I know ahead of time that it's a quote emotional movie. I yeah, mean, all Lauren Faust, yeah, she's emotional. an animator, and uh, That's but awesome. but like whenever somebody's like, oh, it's gonna make you cry, it's gonna make you cry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I never watch it. I never ever see it. I only <laughs> just a week ago saw um, Jojo Rabbit because everyone was like Ooh. oh it's it's gonna get you like you're gonna and i was like well i'm never i'm never like really in the mood to want to sit down and cry so it just right i, I right. just put it off the only reason i saw is because nessa had it on she was re-watching it and i and i got into it just by you know being in her so orbit good. and yeah it was great and it wasn't nearly as emotional or as as, as you know hyped up as no it's really just as, one as scene had it in my head yeah no it was it was really just one scene you're right and excellent movie gosh so good and i think so I, good I could probably rewatch that. And honestly, I think that's, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'll never be able to say it. Taike, whatever. Miyomba. Taika Waititi. Waititi. Uh, his movies have a similar, they're a little bit more, I think, emotionally deep than, you know, yeah. uh, Brad Bird's films. I mean, Pixar movies are, are can be very emotional, but <clears throat> Up, Up is another one where uh, I was like, uh, I only saw it like a couple weeks ago because everyone was like, oh, you're going to cry. Wow, you're going to really? cry in the first 30 yeah. seconds of Up. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to freaking yeah, watch I mean, it then. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, and then I watched it. I was like, oh, okay, this is good. And I, and b- yeah, again, I had hyped it up in my head way to be way more uh, emotional than I thought. So in a way that takes away as well. You know, you don't want to, I think it's, and we've done this before when talking about films. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a good practice to just be like, you should see it. And then say no more yeah, about just, a movie just that you, you yeah. were particularly yeah. excited about. Because even if you say positive things about it, uh, you, you run the risk of hyping it up so much that people are actually disappointed with how good they thought it would be. Even if totally. coming in with a blank slate, they would have come out of it just like, oh, it was amazing. You know? Yeah, I, I, I have that same same issue with uh, one of my friends, Nate. He's, he always... Uh, he's always Greatest movie me, in like, the world. You got to go see it. <laughs> you like wa- He's like, watch this movie. And I'm like... Don't tell me anything more about it. Cause I'm like, if he tells me to watch it, then I'm pretty sure I'm going to like it. But he's, if he says anything about it, he's like, you're going to really like that. It has like a, like a robot dinosaur in it. I'm like, I don't want to know that it has a robot <laughs> dinosaur in it. I just want to see it. Like I, I'm the type of person that wants to be 100% surprised by most movies. Like I, I actually don't, regardless of the fact that, I told you that Iron Giant is an emotional movie. I still like, I particularly also really like to see movies without ever seeing the trailer sometimes, like depending on what it is. If I know it's, yeah. you know, supposed to be good, um, then I don't even want to see the trailer. I just want to see the movie. So I've had movies ruined by trailers too. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. It's a bad trailer can, can ruin a movie. But then again, you can also get a movie that regardless of the trailer sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Super Batman v Superman, and uh, you go into it thinking it might be good, um, and it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, that was just a side side rant. No, it's fine. It happens all the time. But I, I will say, I'm I'm definitely tying wrapping into uh, full circle how we started this conversation. Definitely missing the movie experience. Like I just mm, I can't too. wait to be able to go out to a freaking movie again and yeah, just do that. <laughs> I really hope they I survive. Uh, the you know actual. I think they, they will. 
because but I mean, it's, it's yeah, uh, the the Netflix blow, experience, though. like all that stuff. Like the, these movies are great that are coming straight to Netflix and HBO and all these all these films. But there, it is definitely like there's something special that happens when you rewatch a movie at home or see a movie at home that you also mm-hmm. saw in the theater. I feel like there's this weird like attachment to you it. You feel it. You, you yes, yeah. Like seeing Interstellar you in the film in like, the movies first. It's oh great to watch God. it at home, but I have this memory of seeing it. I have this like a background sort of context always of what it was mm-hmm, like when I saw mm-hmm. it in the theaters. And that makes the, yes. the experience, even if I'm just watching it on my iPhone, it makes the experience greater. In my opinion, I, I think that's 100%. like a real thing. Like a hundred like strange thing that happens. Um, and all these movies that I'm seeing for the very first time in my living room, they just feel, they just don't feel as grand. They just feel, I hundred like, percent yeah. agree. I, Judas and the Black Messiah is, um, yeah, it's a movie that was released, uh, on this past Friday. Um, opening day was Friday and it, I think it was, I guess in some select theaters and you can, you know, watch, you know, some places have like, um, place you can like rent out or whatever but you know premiered on hbo at the same time for free if you have a uh, an hbo max subscription and so i watched it you know on my mom's kind of like tv i'm saying oh yeah we can go into that uh but me and abby are staying at my mom's house for the next couple of months I think we talked about that last episode yeah but you, anyway, you're fully moved in but yeah fully moved in um but you know watching it on this kind of like smaller tv um with you know not great sound and i was like something's missing here and it's the movie going experience the other thing too is is the i i love now i'm an extrovert i realize this uh but i love being in an audience a fully packed theater on an opening day if like I think that probably goes back to the days of like Jurassic Park and and like seeing the Star Wars special yeah. editions um, when I was little and seeing these going into a theater on opening night with everybody there. They're all hyped up. Everybody's going crazy. And then the movie <laughs> starts and like, oh, my God, like everyone feels it feels like the whole room is kind of moving in unison as we watch this movie. Oh, my gosh, I miss that. And even being in an empty movie theater, completely empty, let's say it's just you. And like, you're sitting in there in this giant screen and like, you don't have your phone on and you're just watching this massive screen playing something amazing. I just miss that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think I've been tracking COVID uh, stats. First of all, it's insane. It's just the the overall infection rate has fallen off a cliff. It's amazing to yes. see. This is like really great. Really great. Um, weird timing happening around the election and all that stuff. Oh, oh, it was really funny. I saw something floating around. It was like the day Donald Trump was uh, banned from Twitter was the day it started to tank, like completely no. fall off. Yeah, that, like exactly <laughs> within a day or two is when the, the peak Hit, hit it. it's almost like misinformation <laughs> causes problems yeah i don't know i'm sure it's yeah it's it's not uh directly related but it was pretty funny and um and i've been tracking the rollout man they, we're about to get a huge surge and we're gonna have by june july enough vaccines so that everybody in the country uh, could have two shots if they needed, which they won't really yeah, need. They Most won't. people would okay. be fine with the Johnson and Johnson uh, single shot. 
I'm it's, really excited for that one, actually, because I think it's, what is it, 75, 75 or 80%? Which is still really good, apparently. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's like great. Like the 90s, the 95 percentile of the Moderna and uh, I think it was Pfizer, the other two Pfizer, shots. Yeah. Like that, that is insanely good. That's like way beyond. But 75 apparently is more than good enough. And, right. And uh, that's because a single shot, so I'm all in on that. The other thing to consider is that with the shot, if it's 75% effective, it's not just that you have a 75% less chance of contracting the virus. You also have a reduced, the virus is, has reduced like effects on you yeah. so that your survival rate's higher. So That's why I always got um, the flu shot. It wasn't even just so that I like wouldn't get the flu. It was so that if I did happen yeah. to get it, it wouldn't be like it a, wouldn't be as a train hitting my body yeah <laughs> right uh which exactly. the last time i got the flu must have been let's see i was working at the press club still i remember that i had to call out for like three days that was the last time i got the flu without mm-hmm. having the shot and it it was like a train hit my body truck yes <laughs> whatever big moving object and i was just on uh, my back for three days sick that's actually uh weird weird tangent but um i remember when i was living in Falls Church right after college. I'm in this movie club right now, and one of the movies recently was The Abyss, and I love that movie. And the last time I saw it was like 2008 or whatever when I got hit with the pig flu. I got swine flu. You got swine um, flu? I got swine Back flu. Back when it was, when it was like, going around. Oh, oh my mm-hmm. gosh. You got swine flu? I was, oh. yes. I, was, I got swine flu, and I got annihilated yeah. for a full week. So I I, th- I threw up for two straight days, and then I had a stomachache for like two more days, and then I had a headache for six days. It wow. would not go away. Wow. Um, and in that time, I watched a million movies, and it was, was kind of great because I was off work and I hated my job. And Wait, um, sorry, when was this? How old were you? This I was twenty three, twenty two, or twenty three. Okay. I guess um, wow. it's two thousand and eight, I think, or maybe two thousand and nine. Yeah, and I I was like laid up just like watching movies and and I it was it was I mean the pig flu though that was yeah I nightmare. just remember that as like a distant memory in the news being <sighs> reported I didn't think I mean I knew it was a big deal but I thought I that, that was pretty well controlled I didn't know I was at risk of like just walking around getting it someday that's crazy yeah. well I'm glad mm-hmm. you glad you made it through but Oof. yeah but I I think it's really cool that there's um, a one shot vaccine out there. It's great for lower income communities that, you know, can't afford to necessarily take two days off work. Or, I think it's great for um, literally everybody because yeah. like, the, the, the having to go back again in the right uh, like window of time two weeks later or whatever it is, is is just insanely like it has to be. I, I don't know what the numbers are. Maybe because it's COVID, people really make the effort to like get it done. But I remember um, mm-hmm. when we were photographing or we used to photograph a lot for this journal called health affairs and uh, yep. i remember many 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 panel discussions talking about how big a problem it was for doctors to get somebody prescribed first of all on the right medication for whatever illness they're trying to treat but the like that was a problem because it, it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard to do a lot of times get people the right medication that they uh, respond to well for whatever particular illness and, okay so that's hurdle number one the biggest hurdle though time and time again that was constantly talked about they like obsessed over it was how to get people to actually take their pills uh, on schedule on time in the right yeah. amounts it was like nobody does it 
Like it's nobody does. <laughs> it's insane <laughs> how uh, how difficult it is to get people to take the exact right um, medication at the time consistently for the entire duration of their illness. Uh, I mean, even people that are really good about it um, for a certain period of time tend to taper off as they start to feel better if it's a temporary illness. And but that can turn around and and do a one eighty on you. Oh, like yeah. there's a reason you're supposed to take your antibiotics, you know, straight through the entire until the bottle's gone basically it's like even if you start to feel better those last four or five days it can turn against you and whatever uh but it was always sort of enlightening to me just how big of an issue this was and i never really heard a good uh, so if, if that's the issue if that's that big an issue with just pills uh I, I feel like getting people like in the door to follow up and get their second shot is probably also a huge challenge oh and, absolutely uh, you know but for healthcare workers stuff like that it makes sense because they're you know around and probably have access to those little covid clinics fairly often and that is actually fine because they are the ones that need probably a higher a more effective dosage anyway compared to the average person like you or me just walking around living in the world yeah. the um johnson and johnson one's fine but anyway we don't have to keep talking about covid other than to say uh i think maybe by this summer uh, with the plummeting numbers already naturally occurring it seems like and uh the massive surge and rollout of all these vaccines is going to uh I think uh, we can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, how things yeah. recover <laughs> in terms of weddings Dude, and stuff, I don't, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't I really. I worry I that uh, all these, I think we've talked about this before, all these clients that postponed or like had stuff scheduled through May and June are going to be like, eh, let's push it six months. <laughs> if we push yeah. it six months, are we going to have a normal wedding? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> like, I'm wondering. Yeah, I, uh, I can... I can totally see that happening. I'm like already feeling like that's going to happen. I have not yet had anyone actually actually reach out and re reschedule for anything this year. Um, but I I do think, although I do have one funny client that just hasn't rescheduled at all. They're like, <laughs> they like, yeah, they just were like, we're postponing our wedding um, until like a, I guess a vaccine becomes available. That was like a year ago oh, and you and, just never uh, heard back about any other date and yeah and they were just okay. like that makes we've sense. never yeah and Honestly, i was like that's actually almost better like yeah i don't know why uh more clients didn't say like yeah okay we paid you the deposit if it's cool we'll just touch base when you know we we have some dates and we're gonna just wait and see and not uh, like i don't yeah. know why more people didn't do that instead that, of like sounds great we have me. a new date are you available are you not <laughs> like uh that was like and and it's probably going to change. I mean, like this is the most unpredictable thing I've ever experienced in my like ten years of yeah. wedding photography. And I yeah, trying to make plans around this thing is just hilarious. The one thing that I do think, though, <laughs> in terms of um, of uh, sort of optimistic perspective, is that people really still want to get married. They really want to have a a, a big celebration and i i hope that because it is a big thing i mean i'm always i always get really existential at weddings but it is a big deal you're committing your life to this person and you're joining these two families together and it's uh it's a big deal it's like the biggest life commitment you can make outside of like a kid i guess yeah oh 100%. and yeah it's it's um, one of the final big turning points in your entire life it's certainly yeah one of two or three in your entire adult life until your kid yeah. has a wedding of their own <laughs> that's right. like that's it it's and even crazy. then that's like uh, the number right, of I mean, life-changing cool. like events our kid that happen once or whatever but finish graduating but my college wedding was really cool get maybe your first job 
yeah but, yeah, but i it, i get really existential about weddings and i think i think it's still going to be something that people really want to um really want to celebrate and have photos of and have video of i know that it's gonna but i i do think it's gonna change the landscape of uh of the photography industry i i think i mean i'm i've been trying to like avoid really like long-term conjecture about what could happen but i do think that the long-term knock-on effects are like i think more people will get will do smaller weddings well, it was interesting. I was looking at Google Trends the other day, just uh, keyword trends. It's very enlightening, mm-hmm. that, that website, for any issue that you might be interested in. But if you Google wedding photography, it has it has been on a negative downward slope for Google Trends. Mm-hmm. Same with wedding videography. Wedding venues have been trending up. And now, I wonder, it seems to coincide right around 2010, 2011, when Facebook really started to saturate our lives. And I, and I have a feeling that... It's not that people aren't interested in wedding photography or wedding videography, hopefully. It's that they are not thinking about going to Google and searching that that because it's not the only resource that existed. And like in the aughts, uh, Google was the only place you could go to find a wedding photography in the aughts. There was no social media. There was no Instagram right. to find a photographer. Literally not there. Um, but uh, the elopement photography trajectory is the exact opposite it's going up. So that is an interesting mm. thing to look at because if what I just said was true, if, well, it's just simple that people simply the fact that people aren't using Google to find photographers as much as they were in the arts, that, that doesn't quite make sense because why are they using Google then for, to find elopement photographers? They would also right. be using Instagram and Pinterest and social media. So it's interesting that the trend line for elopements has been the exact opposite of wedding photographers or wedding videographers. Yeah. I, who knows what that really means? I, I don't know, but I am excited. I mean, to, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, it sounds to me like the enthusiasm for getting married and finding a, a photographer is still just as present as it was pre-pandemic. It's just taking a different form. Instead of a big blowout wedding, you're having like a really beautiful, intimate wedding. Yeah. And, but, and let's yeah. see, I'm trying to find United States elopement photographer past 2004 to present crazy they only have data since 2004 yeah that trend line since about it looks like it really starts to peak up around 2016 elopement photography is really a thing but the funny thing is uh the overwhelming saturation of elopement photography searches is colorado washington state california uh hardly Mm -hmm. anywhere else looks like new york has a little bit and uh south carolina strangely but it's like i don't I've been eyeing the elopement smaller wedding trend for a while because it seems to be, you know, pretty profitable and obviously the images are stunning, but that's just it. I think it's only really relevant in geographic, literal like geographies where it is stunning. Like it's you're not going to like get elopements, you know, a ton of elopements in like Tulsa, Oklahoma. Exactly. (laughs) Not not at all. Not in a way that somebody's (laughs) going to be willing to pay you like a full-time photographer's fee like four or $5,000. Like you can start to justify charging the same amount for a couple hour elopement doing like a hike up in the mountains. Uh, you can start to justify uh, the same rate for what an eight hour wedding at a sure. venue would be when, when you're involved sure. in the hiking, the planning, picking out the spot, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can really start. Mm-hmm. But if you're just eloping at the, like the DC courthouse or something like that, like, no, nobody's going to pay you $5,000 to go do that. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen in, in DC. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe things are changing. It, it's, it's very curious to see these trend lines. I've really been enjoying, 
yeah just yeah this is amazing i'm Um, surprised that like las vegas nevada isn't on here oh yeah it's interesting they probably have in-house photographers they they would yeah Uh, but wedding venues i think is the much more interesting trend line if you look at that uh there's always a spike around january february uh every single year there's a spike and it has uh grown maybe from the low tens to 25 percent of interest over time up to the steady 50 to 75 percent Mm-hmm. kind of range of searches whatever that means definitely fell off a cliff last year with um yep. covid but it has recovered uh back to about 2014 levels of searches for wedding venues and i think that is much more a much more clarifying search term to to fixate on as a wedding vendor um because if people are looking for venues and they're looking for traditional eight-hour weddings you know where you can expect to get your full rate uh, which is nice sure. nice to see that recover <laughs> yeah <laughs> it keeps keeps recovering and yeah. and that has a much look at the the interest by region that's that's almost completely even in every single state oh wow compared to again the wedding elopement search uh term which was yeah. really only concentrated in like three three main states yeah that's that's the whole country that is very cool it's just less concentrated in less populous areas yeah exactly barely yeah but it's still barely. sort of an even blanket um yeah, it's fascinating, fascinating tool. Google Trends. Barn, uh, barn wedding venues are rising. Oh, okay. Well, that makes terms. perfect sense. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this year is going to be one of the best ever for outdoor, open air wedding venues, like a barn or a meadow. You know, that kind of that mm-hmm. kind of deal. Uh, people. Uh, yeah that's going to be the first wave of everybody coming back was like yeah we're gonna do it we're still gonna stay outside and have you know breezy air locked in a room unless we have to be yeah my cousin had a uh, had a big outdoor wedding for some reason now a couple of months ago okay Um, cool he uh, and it was like yeah an outdoor barn thing but it was like it was like 170 people or something like that I was like this is definitely not legal but <laughs> there's so many people that are like chomping at the bit to just get out and get married in a in a big way that I think I don't know. I just think that I think that it'll it'll start to bounce back. But I don't know. I mean, I I think about actually related to cinemas. I I kind of think that the landscape of cinema movie going experience is changing by by sort of like what has happened i mean the fact that you can get you know that i could that i could watch judas and the black messiah at home with a subscription without paying 20 bucks or 15 bucks or whatever to go to a theater and see it in the midst of a pandemic let's say the pandemic's over a year from now still have hbo max for a movie that is like not mad max fury road or something like there's a chance that i might say maybe i'll just stay in and watch it at home and if me as a crazy movie going person might think that then a person who is maybe a little lazier or doesn't care quite as much about the necessarily the movie going experience they're not gonna go so i think that overall we're gonna see a decline yeah long term you know at the end of the day i don't i don't mind a decline i think that there are too many movie theaters physical brick and mortar movie theaters anyway like i I wouldn't mind seeing a pull i think yeah it's not a bad it's not a bad point yeah still have 
the local movie theater? Why do we need the 50 local movie theaters or, you know, 10 or a dozen? They're everywhere. They kind of really are everywhere. And so, they are everywhere. you know, it's, it's, what's the, what's the harm? As long, my, my worry is that they just go bankrupt and nobody has the interest or the money to like fund the existence of any movie theaters at all. Like, but right. I would love to see, right, right. you know, the movie theater uh, that you go to and it's, yeah, it's fine. It's fine to have some pullback. Like, dude. And like, I mean, honestly, what are your favorite movie theaters? Is it like the AMC Tyson's in the midst of a mall with a bunch right. of like, exactly. A-hole teenagers running awesome. around. Dude, if there's only like two theaters now, instead of 20, you can make those two like baller status. Like they used yes. to be where, where there's like ornate, beautiful architecture and classic yeah. like red curtains and like really yeah, really play up the experience like the the senate like here the in senator yeah yeah senator, yeah that place is awesome or uh the the uptown which is i think the name of the one that used to be where yeah. i lived in cleveland park in dc yeah like that uptown. was an awesome theater uh to go like really play up the movie experience like the the theater's that I mean, I, they have been getting better. Now. There's a new one. I think it's a Cinemark near me here, and it, uh, you know, they have like big cushy seats, and they're really making it like a nice experience. But it's still kind of Disneyland like. Like it I want to see, I want to yeah. see something where I'm like, should I have a tie on? <laughs> like that's what I want to see. <laughs> dude, well, dude, Bowtie Cinemas. Uh, I I love the idea of Bowtie Cinemas. Bowtie is a um, what is, is this? A, I've never heard. I of think this. it's. A, I think it's. A, I don't know if it's a national chain or a regional chain, but they are small chain, smaller chain of movie theaters that focus a little more on the movie going experience. And there's one in in Richmond, and that's where I would always go to watch movies when I was living in Richmond. Bowtie is great because they didn't at the time. I don't know if they still do this, but at the time they didn't show any stupid commercials beforehand. So you just go in. And, and previews start. Like, that's it. And it start, and the movies start when they're supposed to start. That's it. It's great. It's like a super, super... And, like, the sound is really nice, and the screens are great. And so, like, I, I also really like Alamo Drafthouse, because what they do is they focus on the real experience of being at a theater. I promise we can bring this back around to photography in a second, but... Sure. I like the idea of... Have you ever been to an Alamo Drafthouse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, not not very awesome. often, but I've been there. Oh yeah, I'm very they're familiar. awesome. In my opinion, they're awesome because not because of the food that you can eat while you uh, while you're there, which is which is great, um, but because they really focus in on the quality of the picture and the quality of the sound being absolutely top notch. Mm. And I'm you know I'm an I'm an audio engineer on the side you know Bad or like sub is, yeah, subpar sound it just ruins it for me, totally. and that's why I love. I love um, Alamo and I think a lot of, and the other thing that's cool about Alamo is they show a lot of non-standard movies. They play by their own rules in terms of what, what movies they show. They show lots of classics and cult classics and they show lots of like, you know, unheard of movies as well as like independent pictures. I like the idea of maybe bringing it back to just, let's just have like an Alamo that's like, you know, out in the boonies, you want to go to a real movie theater and have like an awesome movie experience, go to the Alamo. But if you're in town, go to the Senator, go to the Parkway or go to the Charles Theater and see like a movie that is like cheap and great because the atmosphere is great. And like the everyone that is there is a local person. I don't know. I just really love that. Maybe what we'll see in the wedding photography from the wedding venue, maybe a little bit more of the basics 
that make weddings really fun and really um, meaningful with less emphasis on kind of like churning them out. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's going to, it's could go either way. Just only because there's going to be, I think, an overwhelming number of people wanting to get married and a, a kind of constrained, tighter true. Uh, number of venues or yeah, vendors that exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I meant to ask: Have you? Have you? Do you know personally, or have you talked to uh, indirectly, what have you? How the heck are like wedding video? Or sorry, wedding DJs doing? Like, Dude, what on I earth? I don't know. Are, are they like they can't be around anymore? They must be out of business. They, like what on they, earth they, they must they be? Doing? be. They must be. Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't uh I haven't talked to any. I don't really know any. Well, I guess I know I know a couple, but I haven't reached out to them at all. Yeah, I'd be really curious cuz there's just anything. nothing. There's no like online port of that at all that's going to make any real money, I can't imagine. Gosh. And back back when I was still doing wedding DJing on the side, uh right towards the end even I was I was only really on I guess I guess this is only maybe three or four weddings I was doing you know the ceremony and then I was doing like the first dances and all that stuff but then at one you know eventually they were like here put on this this iPhone like iPad mix or or what was it iPod yeah iPod iPod. mix and uh and I was like all right I guess I'm gonna do that um so I don't know. Nowadays, it must be even worse because, like, I can sit here in like ten seconds and like construct an awesome Spotify dance party playlist that will go for like two hours. And yeah, uh, I mean, it is more nuanced and complicated than that. Like, I think kinda. most people can appreciate that you need somebody making announcements and like moving the experience along and and like doing their thing. But the value of it, it seems like it's it could be at this point pretty eroded. But you also have like the sound equipment that you can't just That's like true. pop up. Like there's tons, but just I have no doubt that being a DJ, a wedding DJ, will come back as a thing. But I'm just curious, like financially, how on earth anybody who did that as a as a job full time was able to muddle through? But because yeah, I don't know, it must just be zero demand. Uh, so uh, it's tough, but. Anyway, that's tough. Yeah, because a rise in elopements does not correlate with the rise in wedding DJs. Yeah, Ugh. I, I don't it, know exactly. That's right. There's just no no need. Maybe you could offer live stream services for miking people sure. up and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's if, probably what they what actually. Now that you mention it, that's probably what they should be doing is like pivoting to live streaming audio. And probably a video feed. Which, again, uh, kind of highlights, I wonder how videographers are doing. Like, I, I, I can't imagine that they got, they weren't one of the first to get cut either in terms of, um, you know, people reining in the budget Maybe. and just being like, well, we're just going to have a photographer now. I'm curious how that has yeah. unfolded. And I, I have to imagine that it's been kind of not pretty based on the number of videographers I see now offering photography as well <laughs> mm-hmm. in their services. But so. um, on the other hand, though, there's there's also the very real possibility that given the fact that, the, the, you know, these couples are sitting around with like a ton of money that they weren't that they were going to spend. Now they can't that are like, why don't I get a, you know great photos and a great videographer 
uh, which we weren't originally planning on. Let's do a, a, a wedding video and do it really nice because we just got all this extra budget li- lying around. Yeah. Um, so that, that could be also a factor. I mean, if I was planning my wedding, like right now, I would be considering, oh, wh- why don't I just like, I mean, I've got, you know, whatever five figures sitting around to get married. Why don't I, I can't get a real venue anymore. Why don't I just like elope, get a great photographer and get a great wedding video too. Yeah. yeah. Original, like, cause at my wedding, I just had a, a person running around with like a, a camcorder, which was kind of awesome. But, um, and I, I think I would, I would do it again. I just give him more batteries. Um, oh no. Did it die? <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, but I would probably say like, oh no, let's just do, let's do a real wedding video now that we can't have an actual venue. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I think exactly that there's the videography scene must be doing a bit better. Plus mm-hmm. there's tons of other things you can pivot to in terms of online educational resources, just sure. making videos to put on the internet and reason. But like, again, as a yeah. DJ, like it's, it's pretty rough going. I have to imagine if you're like, Hey, it's you guys want to come into my zoom party? Like that was cool for those first few weeks of lockdown, <laughs> but you know, for a year, uh, it's crazy. And it is, it is amazing how, how long this has gone on. And I think the, the most things that happen in the wedding industry, I think do tend to have, delayed consequences like what Mm. we're feeling now i really think yes there was a lot of sort of crap hitting the fan the first few months of lockdown but i think what we're seeing now is is really gonna carry through honestly i don't think it's gonna be until middle of next year before we're like back back to normal it'll happen quick but i don't think Uh i think it's gonna be a delayed i agree yeah delayed thing just by the nature of wedding industry tends to be six to twelve months delay on everything uh, it's crazy stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What is this episode even about? I don't about know. That. I think we're just ranting about <laughs> random stuff. <laughs> Movie going. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've been, uh, but I have noticed, I don't know if you can join me on this, but a, a, a shortage of quality stuff, like, especially on Netflix. I'm like, Netflix oh needs my to gosh. get it together. Uh, personally, maybe I'm just not seeing or. No, you're right. Okay. I, in fact, me and uh, Vineet were talking about this just the other day that, um, there's like no good movies coming out other than there's Dune. There's that new James Bond movie. There's a new Batman movie, which. Oh God. I know <laughs> some issues right now. Is this Michael Keaton returning as Batman? Didn't I hear he's coming back early? No, was, no, it's... no. Pattinson is Batman. Oh, right. Anyway, there's some issues with that, but uh, other than that, I mean, there's, I was promised in this lockdown situation, I was promised that there would be a lot more animated movies start to come out. And um, now I did hear, Abby just told me that apparently Paddington 3 has been greenlit, Ooh, which great. is some awesome news. Uh, but other than that, yeah, there's a, a there's significantly less movies coming out um, that I'm like super excited about. But to be honest with you, I'm kind of happy about it. I think that the that the whole Hollywood machine could use a little time off to kind of reevaluate what the hell is going on. Good point. Because to be honest with you, because like, what were the top ten grossing movies last uh, in the last like a uh, couple of years? I'll give you a hint: eight of them were Disney movies. Hmm. And they were they were Avengers movies. They were yeah, Star, Star Wars, Wars movies. Jurassic World, surprisingly. Was, the Lion King. I didn't even see that. Furious yeah. Seven. 
Avengers Age of Ultron, Black Panther. Yep. yep. Yeah. Disney. Yep. There's a, it's all, all Disney movies, all, almost all superhero movies, almost all franchise movies, almost all sequels. There's a problem, I think, with, with movies these days of like, they are just, and I mean, granted, movie industry has always been about money that's kind of unavoidable and and maybe it's not even necessarily a bad thing intrinsically but there's i really feel like there's been a little bit of a lack of creativity at the top of well and sort of what, movie going totally or exactly well the core sort of character storytelling components seem to be pretty pretty weak i think I, all yeah. of these look amazing and what i've also yeah. noticed especially on netflix is an, a massive rise of movies that look great visually stunning mm-hmm. but like just like for the first time in my, in my life i'm able to say definitively wow this is a shitty actor <laughs> wow yes. this is bad acting like i used to really yes. not pick up on that where somebody would be like man that was really poorly acted i'd be like really seemed fine to me now <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh this is embarrassingly bad it can looks you, amazing can you give me an example oh I'd love to. yeah the year 2000 uh, 2067 so this is a film i just watched i think it's yeah 2067 okay. it's an australian okay. science fiction film directed by okay. some guy whatever it's pretty low budge like uh, as far as mm-hmm. like it, it had pretty grand ideas what is the budget i don't see it anywhere here but that that is one that again looks stunning pretty interesting sort of safe but cool storyline uh plays with time travel a little bit and stuff and is the acting just so bad like I, I literally could almost see myself on the set with a video camera like a camcorder in my hand <laughs> making a home movie type of vibe with the acting it was just poor audio was great lighting was amazing cg was really good but it doesn't make up for weak dialogue and poor acting mm-hmm. so anyway. yeah you have to have a good story and i feel like we're we're seeing the limitations of like pumping all of this money and this uh and and this interest into the visuals getting those really looking good not having much of a story to uh to back it up and and having yeah yeah. Uh, but you know what's interesting i'm seeing i feel like i'm seeing this mostly in the like film world where it's just here's a feature film because the opposite i think has occurred with long long form uh, you know, miniseries and such. Although I've That's also true. seen those kind of waning, but it, you know, we're definitely in the midst of, even if we're on the tail end of it, still in the midst of like a boom in longer multi-episode series, like Servant yeah. and all those things. But it's like the the singular 120 minute feature films are just really getting embarrassingly bad. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> maybe that maybe that it's just how it's always been, and it, we just don't have. There's too much time in the day now to fill uh to fill in maybe maybe but there's just i i also kind of have this fatigue going on of like there's just so much to watch we are sitting in our homes for almost 360 actually for 365 days now we have been sitting at home we've been watching netflix and originally that was like all people were, were just okay just sit and watch netflix and like let this thing you know blow yeah. over yeah. and now we're sitting here being like well i don't know what else is there to do around here yeah. <laughs> like I, I and i think that's that's like that's a great thing because we're starting to see like 
again, like the quality of Netflix movies is like, I don't know, I guess it's okay. But we're also seeing, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to start seeing though, this, this whole Judas and the Black Messiah thing, which I guess kind of started with, um, what was it? Disney's, um, r- remake of, um, uh, Mulan. Oh my God. Okay. I'm not, I'm not stupid. Uh, the remake of Mulan got like this crazy backlash because they were, you know, Disney Plus subscribers had to pay twenty bucks to like watch the movie, and then the movie wasn't even that good apparently. So, uh, and then it had some weird political problems too. So it's like there's all kinds of things wrong with that. But I think we're now sort of seeing, starting to see like HBO has seen that and it's like okay, so we can't charge for these things. We have to just put them on HBO. So. They took their their newest movie, Shaka King's newest movie, Juice of Black Messiah, just put it on HBO Max for free on opening day. And yeah, you go see it in a movie theater, but you can also see it at home. I I I I'm sort of encouraged by that, being like, okay, well, maybe now more people will see you know a movie because they can just watch it for free along with everything. But I don't know. I guess I'm not really sure where I'm going with this. I just feel like. Okay. I want. I just feel like I, I. I want the movie. I want to see better movies. And Jews and the Black Messiah is a great movie. It's best picture contender, best actor contender, best supporting actor contender for sure. Granted, there's not much else to go against up against it. I mean, if you could, I, I can't even think of one movie right now other than that that could like be an Oscar contender this year. Yeah. Um, I'm just. I'm honestly a little bit happy that. I think it's coming at a good time where I feel like Disney has already sort of taken a little bit of a backseat with Marvel and they're starting to make like some, there's like, okay, let's, let's chill out on the movies. We've done 20 in the last like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's good. And then they are kind of pulling back a little bit in general. And I think, I think that the Hollywood, yeah, the, the movie industry could use this time to like rethink its direction and it's it has to because they're being really hit in the wallet right now with with people not being able to go to theaters i don't know nice yeah it'll it'll be it'll be interesting i'm I'm excited for what the future is i think we're just going to go through a period of kind of like this for an extended amount of time uh especially as i have a, a sneaking suspicion the vast majority of people that do have the money are going to spend it on uh traveling and just like going yes, somewhere for an experience for sure. i know i will and, uh, <laughs> movies i think you're going to take a back seat for for quite some time but we mm-hmm. will see we'll see we'll see all right man what do you got coming up cool. this weekend anything fun uh actually i'm about to take this apple macbook pro that i'm podcasting on to the apple store in about an hour mm-hmm. because the battery is completely shot it'll turn off sometimes shot. at like 60 percent. so that's no good uh, so I'm going to get that fixed. That's pretty okay. much what I got. And then I'm kind of hanging out a little bit this weekend. I think I've got to cool. shoot next week. Other than that, not much. Yeah. I've got an engagement session. What about you? Georgetown engagement session in Georgetown on Saturday. That's about nice. it. Oh, and then I'm going to Texas on Monday. I was supposed to be in Texas what? this whole week. We didn't even mention Texas. It's funny. Yeah. I was supposed to be to visit my sister. I was supposed to be in Texas Monday through Thursday. Oh. So I'm so glad I dodged that bullet, but they actually, even <laughs> being in the city of Austin, they didn't lose power very much. Uh, but they oh, have yeah. discovered that their house just structurally the way it was built does not do a good job retaining heat at all, which makes sense Bummer. probably for Texas, um, in general, but yeah, actually, yeah, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> for the majority design. of the time in Texas, but pretty rough in the winters and, uh, their windows mm-hmm. aren't very well insulated. 
on and on. I'm really glad I'm going next week. <laughs> so I'm leaving Friday. I'll be on a flight, first flight in probably six months. Crazy. But that'll be That's nice crazy. to get, you know, some exposure to the world and get some In-N-Out Burger, of course. Oh, my God. I'm I'm <laughs> In-N-Out. I, I want it. And then uh, Friday <laughs> next week, uh, I'm going to New York to second shoot a wedding with Nessa. So that's oh, nice. Yep. That's awesome. All right. Well, good places cool. any. I'm going to wrap this right. up. See you later. Whoop. Whoop.